Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk USA. Are you tired of waiting for change? Tune into Blog Talk USA. Let your voice be heard on Blog Talk USA. Nobody really needs or wants home security until it's too late. You've heard the statistics about how many burglaries there are per day. You see the news. You know there are people out there that do bad things. The best way to help protect your home and your property is with an ADT monitored system from Protect Your Home, an ADT authorized premier provider. Call right now to get a free wireless home security system valued at $850. An ADT monitored system can help protect your home from fires, theft, floods, and call for emergency help. Call now to find out more about our $850. $50 free wireless home security system and start enjoying the peace of mind of security today. Call 800-561-2351. 800-561-2351. This offers for new customers only. Termination fees apply. $99 customer installation charge and 36-month monitoring agreement required. All for details. License terms and conditions available at secureathome.com. This is a national health alert from the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one has diabetes, listen closely. Now, regardless of your age, if you have insurance, you may qualify to receive diabetic testing supplies with little to no out-of-pocket costs. Get free delivery, free information, and all the paperwork is handled by our accredited suppliers for free. Call the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline now for details. But wait, there's more. If you call right now, you could get a free meter upgrade. In addition, we'll give you a free pedometer as our special gift to you. We have knee, back, and other braces available, as well as pharmacy services. Regardless of your age, if you suffer with diabetes and you have insurance, we can help. 888-303-9136. 888-303-9136. 888-303-9136. That's 888-303-9136. Welcome, welcome everyone to Blog Talk USA. We are so happy to be here with you on this marvelous Monday. Before we get started, let me tell you how you can always find us, listen to our live programs and our archived episodes. The number to call to listen live by phone is 515-605-9375. You can catch us online at blogtalkusa.com or at blogtalkradio.com forward slash blogtalkusa. And you can also find us in podcast form on iTunes, Apple Radio, Stitcher, or pretty much any place you can find podcasts. You can find our podcast at Blog Talk USA as well as Marvelous Monday. And now, without any further delay, let me give you over to your host for Marvelous Monday, my mother and the birthday girl, belated birthday, (laughs) Dr. Shirley McKellar. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, thank you, my child. Yes, it is my birthday, and I made my own birthday dinner while all the others watched me. (laughs) No, no, no. Did I have it a day off? Did I wish you happy birthday yesterday a day early? No, today you're right on oh, point. Oh, good. That's okay. Oh, it's oh, it's, 
everything I got started it now. yesterday. <laughs> yes, yes. But oh, I well, good. <laughs> and it was fabulous. Oh no! And so, uh, and so, my children said, "You're not supposed to be making your own birthday dinner." But, however, children want to eat their own mother's dinner, right? So we had well, a yes. great day. <laughs> yeah, well, yes. Okay. How are you doing, Miss Rihanna? I'm doing well. Doing well. I'm gonna. I'm gonna probably be in and out a little because Mr. Colin is <laughs> is hungry again. But I'm here. I'm well, here. If he you don't hear me for a minute, you'll know where I am. Exactly. He is yes. indeed the boss. I tell you. Well, listen. It has been the a chubby boss. Day. Exactly. So we had a great time today. Uh, welcome back, everybody, once again to Marvelous Monday. And let me just tell you, it has been a marvelous Monday. We kicked off. And first of all, Ms. Rihanna, I don't know, if, is Mr. Arthur on yet? Not yet. I'll text him now. No, not yet. Yeah, text him and let him know and wake him up and tell him to get busy because we got a lot to talk about tonight. But I want to yeah. say to everybody out there that, I mean, I have gotten so many phone calls, so many text messages, so many social media messages, and I have tried to respond back to everybody. And I just picked up my phone a second ago, and there's 47 more. And so I trust and believe me, I will get around to each and every one of them to say how much I appreciate uh, the fact that you thought about enough of me to call or send me a text message or send me a message on social media to say happy birthday. Uh, It's been an amazing day, and I want to take this moment also to uh, send kudos and accolades to Dr. Nancy Nichols, uh, our SDEC woman here in SD1, and the Democratic Club, who put on an amazing event for me uh, today. And it's so funny that it went on all day long, Miss Rihanna, but it could only have 10. They only allowed 10 people at a time to come in. Uh, We kicked off the morning with a special uh, interview with the Texas uh, Deputy Director for the Biden-Harris campaign, and uh, I interviewed him on KGLD uh, today, and it's on Facebook, and we're going to ask Ms. Rihanna to go and find that and send it to us because Mr. Daniel Walker was looking for it. And I said, well, I know who can find these kinds of things for us, and, and we'll ask her to send it, and then we'll do some excerpts of that interview uh, throughout the evening. I Also, Ms. Rihanna, and excuse me, but I forgot also to send the uh, advertisement, 30-second shots from the Texas Coalition of Black Democrats. As everyone knows, I'm the president of the East Texas Coalition of Black Democrats. And so we're pushing and pumping and encouraging people to get ready for this election. Uh, Today, as you know, on my birthday was the last day to register, and I told everybody the best gift that I could ever get was for you to register to vote on my birthday today. And so Mm -hmm. we were able to, I I registered 10 people today on my birthday, for my birthday. So, uh, and that represents the month of October. So, yes, so we thank those who, and and really, I have to actually give kudos to uh, Miss Latrina Bagley, because she is the one who reached out to me and said, I have these people that I need to get registered. And so they got registered. I got them all, got their paperwork to get them registered, and then got that all sent downtown 
to get it because don't drop it in the mail, even though, yeah, they say the postmark, but just carried it straight down to the election office. So it has been an amazing day. And then to have uh, Mr. Mike Collier from the uh, Biden-Harris campaign to spend the day with us helped me kick off my birthday and interviewed him uh, this morning at nine o'clock. And then it has just continued throughout the, throughout the day. And then we have people to come in from Longview and other to come to uh, sit down and ask him questions. And if I had been thinking, I would have invited him to come on uh, the show tonight, but we will get him on uh, next time around, uh, Miss Rihanna, because this is election yes. season. It is that mm-hmm. we're ready to go. There's so much going on, so much happening. And so after the uh, what I call uh, the debacle that's been going on the last two or three days uh, here in this country oh. in Washington, D.C., we're going to talk a little bit about that if we can tolerate talking about it. I have my I, I already drank my <laughs> lemonade, so I have my bottle of water here. Uh, to keep myself hydrated <laughs> because this <laughs> has been, this has really been something that's Rihanna. And I'm going to tell you when I saw this guy, 45, get in the car and put Ugh. people at risk. Yeah. I, I, I was really hurt as a medical person, even as just as a, race, right. as a citizen, forgetting about the medical background and anything, just knowing that he would put somebody's life, in danger like that. And I would, if mm-hmm. I had been a secret service, I would just say, look here, here's the keys. Go for it. I'm yeah. out. Yeah. I mean, there's no way that you're supposed to put your life in danger because how can you protect someone else if you put your own life in danger? And that's what right. he did. And that's what they did for themselves as well. Mm-hmm. So I said to Mr. Danny Walker today, this is not the country that I serve. Oh. I didn't bargain for this. And no. the way that we're going to be and neither able to did make they. that transition, and neither did they. That's exactly yeah. right. Yes, ma'am. You're absolutely As if correct. it's not enough that they're willing every day to take a bullet for him. Each and every one of there them, every go. day, goes there to work go. willing to take yeah. a, literally jump in front of a train, take a bullet, anything yeah. for this man. And that's just not enough. He has to further expose them. And you saw there, I was thinking about you the whole time I was watching this, Thought I thought she's got to be cringing right now and seething with anger. Oh, my they, were, they had taped their masks onto their face uh, because they were going to have to be in this hermetically sealed <laughs> capsule yeah. with this yeah. COVID patient. Yeah. And so they had to put tape around their own masks because, as as you've told us, those the N95 masks are are... Uh, sort of tailored to an individual face, the the right. professional mask. They yeah. didn't have those, so they had to put tape around their masks so that nothing could get in because they were going to be sealed in this this vehicle with this COVID patient. Right. It it was disgusting. It was. It it was. I, you know, I for don't a photo know. Op. I was, for for that's all that was. I was. I yeah. was I was hurt, and then now he's yes. with, you know he he's gone back to the White House. We know he's went he's gone back to the White House, and why? You know he doesn't want to follow protocol of what needs to right. happen at uh, at Walter Reed Hospital. I know all about Walter mm-hmm. Reed. Sent lots of uh, wounded and injured warriors back to Walter Reed from mm-hmm. overseas during the war, 
And so uh, so he's not going to follow their protocol and everything so he can go back to the White House so he can command and instruct those who are in that White House to do whatever it is that he wants to, to do. I, I just would and not. And infect them. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he, he immediately took his mask off. The first thing he did after he walked up those steps was That's what I, just turned around I, and took that mask off and entered that building with all those people. Two of the housekeepers now have COVID. Two of the, the White House wait, oh, uh, I didn't realize. housekeeping really? staff. Yes. Yes. So he's, you know, he he is a walking super spreader. He's supposed to protect the American Absolutely. people. It's his one job. Today I ask the question. Uh, it was a rhetorical question. I know I know these answers, but but my question was to uh, to Mike Collier, who is in charge? Who can wheel these got this guy in and make him do the things that he's supposed to be doing? Who can do that? And so he said, "Well, you know, he's the president of the United States. I know, but everybody answers to somebody." I, I, I said that to some of our, our, our younger people. Uh, that 25-year-old that's running for office that uh, that that says that uh, young people don't like to be told what to do. Everybody is told what to do by somebody, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it circles mm-hmm. right back around. Even the president of the United States is, in, is told by somebody what he is supposed to right. do. And and so right. the Congress and the Senate they should they need to be doing their jobs with this guy. Because, like you say, he's a walking spreader of COVID nineteen. Yeah. Well, and nobody you recovers know, it. Go ahead. That's right. You're exa- well. Remember, Herman Cain tweeted out that he was doing great and feeling fine right. on June sixth, and he was dead by June third. Or I'm sorry, July sixth. He was dead by July thirtieth. Yeah. So you know the roller coaster. We've gone over on this show in particular over and over what this looks like you think you're out of the woods and then it knocks you down again and that happens over and over and over attacking it's attacking you like on a cellular level and you know it's there you think you're out of the woods and you're not and that we story after story like that from people who i i you can't even say people who have recovered from covid because nobody who has had covid has fully recovered yet we're learning that too there are that's what there are going to be issues, right? It's recovering from COVID, and it's an up and down roller coaster with yeah. with these cases. And uh, I was just going to point out when you said everybody has to answer to somebody, and you know who's this guy have to, going to answer to, and um, about young people not liking to answer to anybody. The the difference here is ultimately, even if that somebody that you have to answer to ends up being yourself by way of your own moral compass, answering Beautiful. to the fact that, yes. that you are, you know, here you, you have a responsibility to look out for other people and make sure that your actions don't harm others, to make sure yes. that what you're doing doesn't have a negative impact on others. Sometimes you're, you have to be accountable to and hold yourself responsible because you have a moral compass. That's what's missing here. That's not going to happen. Right. So the Congress has to do something. You just nailed it. You're absolutely 100% correct. You're absolutely correct. Oh, my goodness. 
Thank you so much for that. Answer to yourself. And so this, this self right here doesn't care. Obvious. Right. Does not care. That's what's, that's what's missing. Unfortunately, like most of us can, can count on the other person ultimately, you know, understanding that they, they are standing at a point where they can do right or they can do wrong. And we give each other the benefit of the doubt that that somewhere in there, somebody, you know, you'll end up doing the right thing. There's just absolutely none of that going on here with this particular person. And we've had mental health professionals by the dozen, by the hundreds, tell us that that's what's going on here. Right. You know, it's it's not it's not an insult. I'm not trying to insult the man. It's just what's happening here. He's missing something that a good number of us have, that, that most of us have. You know, part of why we survive as, a, as the human race is because we evolve and we keep learning how to live with one another. And part of that is our, our, mor- our moral compass and right. owing something to society and owing something to each other and recognizing that as humans and growing as humans. That's missing with this person. And we can't count on him having that moment, unfortunately. But that's what has to be recognized by people. There's no reflection going on. He said, I get it now. You get it because you've been diagnosed with COVID and you've known about it for 24 hours. And now all of a sudden you get it. We can't trust that. We can't trust that he gets anything. People are suffering who don't have access to any of these treatments that he has. Uh, You know, people are following his advice. People have followed his advice and died from COVID or from uh, hydroxychloroquine, you know, the wrong form of hydroxychloroquine, Uh, you know, these these tips that he's giving out. And now he says, don't be scared of COVID. He's trying to currently, his administration is fighting to take down the ACA to to wipe out pre-existing uh, condition protections, and he says, don't worry about COVID. Uh, we have wow. 7 million people who have it that we know of, and that number is rising every day. And he says, I get it now. He has done no reflection, none, no. at all. No. We can't no. trust that he's going to ever find a moral compass. There's not one to be found. Great point, Ms. Rihanna. Well, then – so then what are your thoughts then with this? I mean, we know that he got in the vehicle and what it was like, what, two days after he had been at Walter Reed or so. I, I have to back up and see what day he actually went to Walter Reed. Yeah. Was that on <laughs> he, he had only been so, there a day. Right. When he so, went in the, the little parade in the car. car ride. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, then and this was day two. The, that he came home so, back to the White House at the end of day two. Really? So I thought at least it was three days, but it's only. And so I'll, I, I'll I, double check that. I'll I'll double check what I just said, but I I believe that's well, what it is. But not, I'll double check it now. And it's not too much past that, and we know that he's supposed to be in quarantine right. for at least uh, it's really fourteen days. He should be, uh, and, and yes. his wife seems like yes. he's the only sensible person in regards to this 
that she's trying to comply. People were saying she hasn't been to see him. Well, why would she go to see him? Why would she go to the hospital to see him? To spread? She would have to be in a vehicle with someone, and she wouldn't do right. that. She has, I think she has better sense okay. than to do that. So she was staying quarantined Maybe. like he should have been. Right. And you were right, and, and three look, days. He, he was at three, uh, Walter Reed for three days. You were correct. Three days. Apologize okay. for that. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and, and then he wasn't there for, he wasn't there straight three days before he went out into the public to infect more people. It's going to be interesting to, to see right. if some of those people that he came in contact with once he went out there, that going to come up with COVID, and we know that Chris Christie oh, is in the hospital now, and I haven't heard <clears throat> about what's going on with Kelly and uh, Conway. Have you heard what's going she on with her? She tested positive as well, and by the way, Chris Christie has asthma, severe asthma as an underlying I, condition, in addition to his weight issues and probably right. heart issues that came along with being right. obese all of his adult life, at least. I don't know if he was obese as a child, but he, he probably... This hasn't been reported, but I, I would think he probably has some issues with his heart stemming from right. his weight. Um, right. But he definitely has asthma. So he's, you know, we don't, we have no idea how he will fare. He does have underlying issues, but Trump does too um, have yeah, underlying issues. Um, and he was yeah. not looking well when he went up those steps and took that mask off. I didn't know if you've had a chance to scrutinize that See, video, but I, I did not. I, I was having dinner, so yeah. I did not see the video, but I could hear them saying uh, that he he got to the top or wherever, and he took his mask off, and people were around him. Now, oh yes, if, if they're surrounded was, if, by if people, was, exactly. I tell you, Miss mm-hmm. Rihanna, if there was any doubt in my mind, any doubt, not been removed, but there was never any doubt of, right. of uh, <laughs> the mental capacity of this guy. Right. But right. Because who do, who does that? Who compromises the lives of other people uh, to win an election or to Just make yourself to look look strong? Yes. Yes. Uh, to look strong, just yeah. to look strong. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Well, and what does that tell people? You're the leader of the free world. You are yeah. supposed to be setting an example because people obviously will listen to you. They'll follow your lead. They'll, you know, there are people out there that do listen to him and will follow what he says and, you know, all of that. Yeah. And all he has is so simple. It is just so simple. Just wear the mask. At the very least, don't make fun of other people for wearing their masks, you know, and don't go around people in public if you're not going to wear it. it. It's just right. really basic and simple, and he just can't and won't do it. And it it may even be different, a little different, not much, but a little different if if the whole point of the mask was to protect yourself. Okay, you know, fine, I get your point. It's a stupid point, but I get your point. But that's not right. even the deal here. You're supposed to wear the mask to protect other people from your germs, from your saliva. And he knows this. He's been briefed on this for months. He maybe knows, well, should know more about this than any person on the street. And he certainly, when he was talking to Bob Woodward about it, he certainly seemed 
to convey that he understood how serious this was, and he understood that it was airborne, and he understood that it's much worse than the flu. He, right. Obviously, some of those briefings were sinking in on him. So the recklessness and the the cravenness and the disregard for the American people and the people who get up every morning and don't make a whole heck of a lot of money to come in and cater to him. He just sure. whips that mask off and to, wow. to do a photo op and exposes all of those hundreds of people, thousands of people maybe, who work in that White House anonymously just to change his sheets and cook his food and vacuum his carpet yeah. every day. Every single day. And he has no I mean, regard just, at all. None. And, and I tell you, it's so disturbing to just listen to it and then to see it is even worse. And then I think about yeah. here in Texas, all of our, I mean, all of us are fighting to try to keep ourselves uh, protected from COVID-19, uh, spacing <laughs> ourselves from people, uh, trying to take care of the business of, uh, of the day, election, and all of that. And then we think right. about the public health. We think about the first responders and how they're putting themselves uh, in jeopardy yeah. with health, yeah. trying to take care of us as a community. Uh, trying to, mm-hmm. to be the public health providers. And then this guy just right. nothing. No. And just, it, it, it's I don't nothing know to him. It's nothing, absolutely nothing. And, Ms. Rowley, I don't know which, if you know that, of course you do, that Texas is number two in the nation for space. And we had, yeah. and last week we were number one for having more new cases. Oh my and goodness. then our governor is opening things back up that want the kids to stay in school. Some of the schools have been shut down to try to clean because the football players are passing it around in their lockers. And, and uh, oh, it's just a, a catastrophe. Well, just this is what a pandemic looks like. <laughs> that's exactly what one looks like. You, 100%. You've had to go through training for this multiple yes. times throughout your life yes. and career, you've been on the background and on the front lines of this sort of thing many times. And yes. have you ever seen, first of all, such a ridiculous response by this hmm. particular country? And have you ever seen such a ridiculous Botch no. uh, response in messaging no. from leadership, from so-called leadership. I mean, is exactly. it mind-boggling? I would imagine it for is. you, especially. <laughs> oh, it's overwhelming! It's overwhelming because, I, I, you know, I, I, I don't even go and sit in a restaurant. And I, I don't remove my mask. Period. When I'm outside, right. I don't take a drink. If I'm in the environment right. with someone, no, I don't no. do any. Mm-hmm. I use every precaution that I've been trained and taught. And and let me just tell you that COVID has taken it to the next level as far as I'm yes. concerned. Because, uh, we have 254 counties in Texas, and we have 254 of them that are just bombarded with cases. Right. And so, right. and we're talking about subjecting our young students and saying that they don't get this and they do. And and right, 
their, their locker rooms and all of that are just hotbeds with all that sweating and perspiration and playing yeah. the football and all of that. I, I mean, yeah. if, I'm a, I just tell you, if I had children, they would not be playing these contact sports. And oh, all heck of this no. Heck no. Well, no. And, and what does that look like if we kind of, you know, zoom out a little bit? What does that end right. up looking like in reality for day-to-day True. people in families across the country? Because those kids, those youngsters that we're talking about in that population, they have grandparents. Sure. They have great Aunt Sally. They have, you know, so yeah. all of these older folks who have been isolated, just like all of us have been, who can't care for themselves on the day-to-day in a completely independent way, who I know you have people who dependent on you to bring them a meal or two throughout the week. You know, it's part of your schedule to stop. These people are isolated right now. A lot of them aren't able to get the care that they're used to getting, the visits that they're used to receiving. Oh, here's Here's our brother, Arthur Fleming. Oh, it's about on. time you showed up. To, uh, you're 30 minutes late for work, sir. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have some, doing? <laughs> I have to have some family business. Oh, well, that's important. We take care of family that first. Is. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll tell, tell you about it offline tomorrow. There, okay, there you go. <laughs> well, Miss Rihanna and I are having a groove discussion uh, a grave discussion, I should say, about uh, COVID-19. And I was just, we were just talking about Texas and how we're rating up there at the top. And we actually are number one for new cases. And so as of uh, uh, 3 o'clock today, we had eight fatalities uh, in Texas. And because I, I get this report each day. And then we have, uh, we have, let's see, Today we had 2,192 new cases in Texas, and, and out of our 254 counties, 252 of them. Uh, and then, of course, Dallas, uh, Fort Worth, Houston, San Antonio, uh, those areas, those larger cities, because they have so many people and so crowded in the mm-hmm. cities. And El Paso, they're the ones who have the num- your, your city, number one. Uh, in the in the state, Dallas, Fort Worth, Houston, Austin, San Antonio, and El Paso, but we have our share here in Smith County as well. And so, and then as of yesterday, you know, we have we have so many people with so many cases, it's unbelievable. And what we were really what really stemmed from this, Mr. Arthur, is that we, we talked about uh, forty five. Uh, I, I said he went AMA. I don't care what they call it, but he left. He left on his own, and he just told them he was leaving. They didn't just discharge him. Mm-hmm. He told them they were leaving, and I wasn't even there. But we know how he operates, right? Well, and told, otherwise, now, 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 he broke out the hospital. That was a jailbreak. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he, he broke. He broke out. Okay. He, he busted out of the joint. Yeah. He busted yeah, out yeah. of the joint. He busted out of the joint. Oh, they thought, <laughs> Because he, he, he was not going to comply. Now he told me the president. He told me the president. He told him I'm the president. I'm sure he did. Yeah, and, and y'all in the military, so y'all do what I say. <laughs> That's what he told him. <laughs> yep. Dear leader. Yeah, fierce leader. Yep. Oh, I, yep. it's, it's amazing. 
But did you see that? Hey, here. Well, first of all, a happy birthday, Dr. Kelly. I sent you a birthday thing today, but happy birthday. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. We, I've, had, so I've had an amazing day today. Amazing. It has been outstanding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but like I say, but that but like I say, but that's look here. Now he didn't cause all that damage. Now because I've been posting hashtag he is the virus. Trump is the virus. That's right. He's, that's right. He, he, I mean, he's the virus. You know, he was a virus before he caught this virus to start spreading around. He was a virus before yep. that, and now he, right. and now he got that's the full right. Monty going. Now he's, I mean, he is the yeah. virus, whether it be uh, symbolically, mentally. And now physically, he's the virus. So yeah, uh, yeah. Yep. we've never seen such a thing. He don't have no shame, you know. And he wants to play like he's a hero because he didn't caught it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the now, that's the thing. They're on Fox News talking about how, well, you know, Joe Biden doesn't even have firsthand experience with COVID, so that's like some big talking point, apparently. Now that yeah, no, to go. Are you happy? Are you happy that you don't have firsthand? Right. I'm just delight. I'm ecstatic. I don't have firsthand experience. Okay, I don't want firsthand. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're see, supposed to give this extra the, point for being stupid and catching it. Yes, yeah, see, but in the Republican <laughs> world, you ain't a man till you had COVID. That's what they're acting like. Yes, that's really. You what ain't they're a man till you like. had COVID. Yeah, yeah. you know. You scared and of COVID? Watch me beat this thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, know that. But let's see what's gonna happen. You know, just like I told y'all about when they was hot. You know, that's you know, but they, they didn't care. If black folks had it. That eventually, bunch of white folks gonna get it. Uh, now, now he's leading the charge for white folks getting it, and it's just ridiculous yes. that they don't turn on him. I mean, look, okay, okay, our percentages right. are high. Was people dying? But y'all, the majority of people dying still white people. Wow. And don't nobody even talk they about that. Care. They just dying. Anybody saying anybody? Well, well, they focus on the minorities that died, right? That they say, well, it is what it is. If if God says it's my time, it's my time. You know, like yeah, but, I I, I yeah, don't know how simple. he has convinced these people and, and, to feel and, and, this and, way. And Brianna, well, how about this, Miss Brianna? And, and I'm going to help him rush it. Uh, by right. going against the grain and doing whatever I want to do and not complying with with science, that doesn't make right. sense. And they're they're just <laughs> and, totally uh, a okay with this. <laughs> well, well, like I posted on my page the other day, and I, I say, you know what, this is so, so everybody can know this is a white folk hot mess. It is. <laughs> it. I mean, can you imagine? Well, the judge. Let me explain what hot mess is for those that may not know what hot mess is. Uh, when, <laughs> <laughs> when black folks say a hot mess, what, what we're talking about is somebody who is, is completely uh, tore from the flood, but they don't know it. They don't know it. They think they, <laughs> they think they really, you know. Running stuff, and you know, and they, oh, yeah. and they have, and they do that, and don't nobody say nothing to them. They just look, step back, and say, "Oh, boy, that's a hot mess." Yep, <laughs> that's a hot mess. Thing. That's a hot mess. <laughs> what, what was the perfect hot mess? I'm sorry, picture. So, so this is a, so this is a white folk hot mess. Yes, <laughs> okay, I got you. Yes, it is. 
Oh, yeah. good Lord. Well, and didn't we talk about, when was the debate? It was last Wednesday. So yeah. like, it, it must have been on like, Thursday. Like so like yeah, it seems like years ago. <laughs> well, wasn't it on Thursday's show? Didn't didn't we talk a little bit about how? Well, I know we we talked about how he was acting, and I know that that my husband and I talked about it privately on debate night. But I thought that somebody also brought it up on Thursday's show that he didn't look right at that debate. His eyes looked <laughs> not like they always look. Not not crazy, <laughs> and you know, in my opinion drugged up like they always do, but they were bloodshot, and one was way bigger than the other. He looked Ooh. like he had that COVID eye. Oh, oh my goodness. That's so funny. Mm. <laughs> well, well, guys, let, let me interrupt for a second, and I want to bring uh, one of our amazing candidates from here in East Texas onto the show. She's not a stranger uh, to any of our shows, uh, but I want to bring her in and, and make her a part of this conversation. But I want her to talk a little bit about her campaign, and that's none other than Ms. Audra Spanko. Uh, Ms. Rihanna, if you can make sure her line is open. It's a 512 oh, number. Yeah, got it. You got it. It's up. open now. So, Ms. Audra, welcome to Marvelous Monday. How are you today, tonight? I am doing well. Happy birthday, Dr. McKellar. Happy birthday. Thank you. Oh, thank you. You're so sweet. I love you to death, as you already know. Working <laughs> but, on your uh, birthday, but... of course. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and it wouldn't I, be I, a birthday if she wasn't working. <laughs> that was, that's, listen, you know what I told him, Miss Audra? I said the greatest birthday present that you can give for me is to register to vote today the last day of voting registration, and then go to the polls on the 13th. And I registered 10 people today. All <laughs> right. Oh, my all gosh, right. that's awesome. Yes. So you that that's my grandchildren calling me. They just remembered I'm on radio. They, they'll, they'll call and they'll, <laughs> they'll hang up. They'll go, oh, yeah, that's right. Our grandmother's on radio. They call me Mommy Angel. So you guys carry on. I'm going to say hi to them for a second, okay? Of go course. Ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Miss Audra. Wonderful. Well, yeah, thanks for, for hopping, letting me hop on with you. Um, I'm Audra Spinko, Democratic candidate for Texas State Senate District 1 here in Northeast Texas. Hopefully familiar to a few of your listeners. Been on a couple of times talking about what we need to do to make some change happen here in East Texas. And I am in the middle of visiting all 16 counties before early voting. So I'm in Longview this evening, and we went over to Henderson to Russ County and headed over to Carthage in Panola County tomorrow, trying to, to awesome. make some change happen and meet with as many voters as we can all across the district. Very good. Perfect. Well, Miss Miss uh, Audrey, can you tell, I don't know if you just introduced yourself and told them what your your professional background is and how that you would be the amazing person for this particular position that you're running for because of your compassion. Uh, and I, I felt, Yeah, I didn't I, actually you, give my background, so I would love to do that. Good. Please do it. Thank you, ma'am. I'm listening. Perfect. So, yes, I'm a, um, a licensed social worker. I've been practicing social work in Texas for about 10 years and trying um, desperately to address some of those needs that I saw firsthand as a social worker and that I have personally experienced. I um, 
have really come to understand that if we elect the right people and get the right policies in place, we can actually make an impact and address the needs of Texans. We, uh, in my work, I've worked in public health for about 10 years of all of that social work was in public health and substance abuse prevention, HIV AIDS prevention, um, and then worked for the Department of Family and Protective Services um, in child abuse prevention. So trying to make sure that individuals have resources and can take care of themselves and their families is what I have been doing um, just as soon as I graduated college and a little before to try and make that impact. And I think taking it to a bigger scale and making those policies and putting policies in place, shifting dollars in our state budget so that we're actually focusing on people is is really what we need to, to make some change happen because everyone needs a little help and we need to a step up for one another, and um, we have a moral obligation, I think, to to take care of our neighbors and to be there for each other and ready to do it at the state level. Outstanding. Very good. So just tell us then the counties, because we do have people in East Texas. We have people out in the Wood County that listens to this show, people all over in the East Texas area. Just go ahead and lay out, the, give us the lay of the land as to where your district lies and um, – and anything else that you want us to know and give us your website on how we can jump out there. We, we placed out her sign. She's looking good in Smith County and, but there are some other areas that may need a, a sign or two. So uh, go ahead and share that part with us at Miss Audra. Yes. So we're 16 counties here in Northeast Texas. Um, it's from Lamar County. Um, it's the Western border, Northwestern border, border all the way over to Bowie. So up to Texarkana um, down to Panola, over to Smith County. Um, we make a, a, a nice, pretty decent little square. It seems like we're maybe one of the only districts in the state that's not gerrymandered. Um, and so we've got 100% of 16 counties here in Northeast Texas. And as I mentioned, we're, we're on a mission to visit every single one of them before early voting starts on Tuesday the 13th. So we have now visited um, Harrison County, Cass County, um, Bowie County, Henderson, Russ County, Henderson is in Russ County, and then Greg County. We're headed up to or down to Panola and then over to Franklin and Titus and Camp, Morris and Wood, all in the next couple of days. And so if folks need signs, I would love for them to visit our campaign Facebook page. Audrey Spanko TXSD1 is the Facebook page with all of the events listed and would love for you to come out and join us for any of them. We've got campaign signs, campaign T-shirts, and would just love to meet as many voters as we can. We're wearing masks and we're meeting outside in parks, so we're doing it as safe as possible and um, still trying to, to rub elbows occasionally with some folks. So um, we've got 16 counties and trying to cover as much of it as possible. Very good, very good. So, Ms. Audrey, as you know that we had um, Mike Collier in the city uh, with us today from the uh, Biden-Harris uh, campaign, and so we talked a little bit about uh, what we want to see happen uh, in Texas. We talked about COVID. We talked about health care and all those kinds of things. Tell us what's going on with uh, the person who sits in that position now and why you decided that you wanted to run. What was it that you saw that made you say, listen, I'm going to get up and I'm going to run for this seat uh, and I'm going to make some changes. Go ahead and share that with us. Yes. So the honest answer is not a lot. 
<laughs> um, so our current state senator, um, to my knowledge, has never hosted a public forum. He's shown up to a couple of different events that were sponsored by the Republican Party or different organizations, but he's never shown up on his own free will at his own sponsored organi- or um, events to make himself available, answer questions, hear what the needs of the district are, and then make those changes happen. Um, in the last legislative session, he worked on some very harmful bills, um, the worst of them, Senate Bill 9, which was deemed one of the worst voter suppression bills in Texas history. Um, thankfully, it didn't pass, but we're still seeing lots of voter suppression and different bills and filings coming from our governor and our lieutenant governor and our attorney general. So even though his didn't pass, we're still still seeing that fight. And he's he's in there supporting those efforts, doing everything that they can to limit votes here in East Texas, and then not stepping up, not filing bills, not voting for bills that would expand health coverage for East Texans and really make a change that we need to see here. And so um, he's run unopposed in most of the races that he's ever had as a state official, and I believe that everyone should have choices, and they should have choices for individuals who are going to step up for East Texas, show up for East Texas, be available, listen to the needs and concerns, and then work to address and make sure that um, we're doing everything that we can to make the lives of East Texans and Texans across the state as good as we can by making sure people have health coverage. They have a living wage. They have good schools to send their children to. Lots of our just basic needs are not being met by by the current senator and ready to make that change happen. Very good, very good. Well, let me tell you this. I know that health care is one of the issues that you're most concerned with. And so when you saw today... Well, I know that you've observed in the last couple of days of what's been going on uh, with the White House and all the people that have tested positive, and we know that 45 have tested positive. And what was your feeling when you saw him get inside of that vehicle uh, and, and, and go on a joyride uh, out there? Uh, we, many people call it photo op, whatever. And then, then he leaves uh, – Walter Reed today, and then as soon as he gets to the White House and gets up in the stairway, he removes his mask and all that. What, what are your feelings when you see that kind of thing happening, considering that we live here in Texas, we have eight fatalities uh, today, uh, we have more new cases than anybody uh, in the 250, out of the 254 counties, we have 250, excuse me, out of the 254, we have 252 positive cases in that many counties. So I guess we have a two counties that don't have. And then we have 2,192 cases, uh, new cases today, more than any state in the union. So what was your thoughts when you saw this guy, even though he's in Washington, D.C., infecting people everywhere? But we know where we are in our state, and we know where we are in our country. What was your feelings when you saw that? It's absolutely outrageous and infuriating to see someone with such power to diminish and to put other people in harm and to not convey a message of concern or need. It's just, it's absolutely infuriating um, for someone to continue to blatantly disregard science and 
um, all of the physicians and individuals who have stepped up to let folks know the urgency of this. It's absolutely devastating for him to disregard the loss of life that we far, that horrific t- tweet that he tweeted about how we don't need to be afraid of this um, and that it's not a big deal when we've lost 200,000 plus in you know, United States citizens. It's just absolutely, it's mind-blowing. Um, but one of the interesting things that has, like, come with this in the last couple of days, so I have a, a full-time job. I work um, full-time um, in substance abuse prevention right now, and then we're doing the campaign full-time. And as I've been out meeting with folks, um, you know, in lots of these small-town communities in East Texas, um, it is very rare to see a mask. Um, and I had saw that in Wood County before, but even in some of the smaller counties, it's even more rare. And I questioned to myself, like, why and how, and they're obviously not getting the information or not reading or people aren't informed. And then I've, you know, just been kind of going nonstop with my full-time job and with the campaign. It, it took me a minute. I had to pause and actively look for this information um, and get an update about what's going on with the president and everything like that. And so I also think that we have such a need for change in East Texas that highlights that when someone is working two jobs or take and taking care of their family and doing what they have to do to survive because we've made resources so limited and we have so many jobs that pay so little and just stretched all of our, you know, so many of our communities so thin, I don't know if the general population sees these, this blatant disregard or if they're just not able to even get the information and comprehend it because we're forcing them to live in such a, a strained way that I, I, this is kind of me talking through this thought of, like I, like I said, I had to actively find updates today because it just wasn't coming at me and I wasn't, um, didn't really have the time. I had to sit down and take a minute just to see what the updates were. And I don't think there's a, I think there's a good number of, of folks who aren't taking that time to see it. And then they see right. first or secondhand or they hear a report on a certain news station and it starts to get normalized in a way that they don't even have time to digest how this impacts people. And I think that it's really important that we do take a second to educate. And okay. if that's the only news they get is a president not taking it serious, then that's the only thing they're going to believe. And that's the only right. thing that they're going to move forward through. And so, like, we've got, a, we've got just so much work to do. Yeah, really educate and to change this. Yeah, lots of thoughts about this. It's just how do we have a leader when, yeah, it's just not going to follow. And that may be the only information that people get is a little bit of news about him, not everything else that comes with it, you know? Right. Well, I knew that was important to you being a a healthcare provider yourself and working with the mindset of healthcare. But one of my friends just sent me a message. a dear friend of mine here in Tyler, and so he has a question for you, and he says that your opponent, Brian Hughes, authored a statewide Constitution Week law in 2004. He says, to my knowledge, he has never encouraged any public school district to comply with his law. What would you do, if anything, to improve the adherence to Constitution Week? And and let me just throw this in there before you answer this, that, that we had an amazing program at University of Texas doing Constitution Week. Uh, my friend is a great, he's an excellent constitutionalist, 
and so he knows it backwards and forwards. So he always wants to make sure that we learn that thing and we learn it well. So mm-hmm. what are you, and, and he's right. We're supposed to be uh, having some type of activity and teaching our students about Constitution, about civics, period, civics, government, and all those kinds of things. And I think that if we spent more time teaching uh, that, and I'm going to let you answer the question, but, but our, our students would, we would have more young students voting if we pushed uh, Constitution laws and Constitution Week and and teaching more of that in our civics and government classes. But go ahead and tell us what you would do in regards to making sure that we have Constitution Week uh, in our public schools according to uh, what should be uh, in any way. We're supposed to be adhering to that at any rate. Go ahead. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm not um, I'm not really familiar with that particular bill and that requirement, but I, I do love that it's, it's there. I wish that we were enforcing it. Um, one of the others that I, I am aware of that's not getting enforced and not happening is that in all public schools, superintendents are required to host um, two voter registration days on all high school campuses. So one in the fall semester and one in the spring semester, the, the school district is supposed to host a registration day where all high school students can get registered on their campus at their schools and encourage kids to get registered. Um, That also does not happen in most schools. And so um, I do believe that there is definitely, just as you said, a need to educate and to make sure that um, students in high school are and even before are learning what their civic duty is, the importance of being actively and civically involved and being a part of this process, what it means to vote, the history behind all of the amendments that have allowed us um, the opportunity to vote, what that voting means and what your vote, you know, what you're going in and actually voicing your concerns for. Um, and so I, this is a great question that I will have to give more thought to of how we can actually make that enforcement possible and make it happen and we're following up with our schools. But I do think that that is, that is critical. We, we need to be educating. Very good. And, and we're going to say that if Mike could come in, open his line, we'll have Ms. Rihanna to open his line. We have Ms. Patricia Francis, whose line is open, and we also have Mr. Donnie uh, Walker, who uh, everybody knows him, uh, the owner of WGLRO, and he has some great information for us tonight. And then also something that I know that you're interested in as well, uh, Ms. Audra, and that's uh, the criminal justice uh, reform. And so uh, Mr. Mm-hmm. Donnie Walker announcement of something that – We've been looking at for a long time. He is He's really uh, big in looking at various and sundry cases of African-Americans who have been placed away in prison and uh, sometimes for crimes that they did not commit. And this one specifically that we've been tracking for quite some time, and this is a, a person who has a, a, your area of study, once again, uh, uh, has a special needs individual who was sent away for prison uh, for but Mr. Gunny Walker you can come in and talk to us a little bit about that and then if there's any questions that you want to ask uh, Miss Audra as far as what she looks sees that she can do once she gets into that office uh, as, as uh, our state senator she's running against a very powerful person who's been there for a minute uh, but uh, anybody can be upseated and gotten rid of especially if they're not carrying out uh, the, the duties that we look for as for working for the great good of all citizens in this district and in the state of Texas. Uh, Mr. Danny Walker, go ahead. Uh, good evening, You're everyone, like- and Dr. McKellar, happy birthday. 
<laughs> Thank you. Thank happy, you. happy birthday. I received your announcement <laughs> a little early, a little later, but I um, wish you a happy birthday. And Miss Rihanna, congratulations if you're listening. Um, yeah. <laughs> I hear you're you a proud mommy again, and I hope everything's going okay. Um, we missed you. Um, just to bring um, Dr. McKellar, just to bring people up to speed, um, this ha- happened some eight years ago. A young man by the name of um, Kendrick Renfro from your side of town, Tyler, Texas, was, um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to, he was um, accused of a crime that he, he uh, in my heart and others' hearts, we, we just didn't, we don't believe he committed the crime. Okay, um, and he had been incarcerated um, in prison down there, and I went down to visit him when I first got into Texas, and um, we thought he was going to do 10 years. To make a long story short, he's being paroled um, early. He's get, he, he, he went before the parole board a few weeks ago on, I think, September the 18th, and they approved his um, parole, so... He's in his early 20s. He went into uh, prison, into the system when he was, I believe, 19 years of age. And I spoke with his mother tonight, um, Ms. Joycelyn Black, and um, she's just, the entire family's ecstatic. And Dr. McKellar, I can't thank you enough for all the support that you've given us. Um, you're an awesome person. You're an awesome person. Um, this is... Um, Right now, I'm, I'm overwhelmed with joy because I went down and I visited with Kendrick, and he's an awesome young man. And um, who the lady that's running for state senator? Can I have her name again, please? Hi there, my Hello? name is Audrey Stanton. Am I missing her? Hello. Is it... Can you hear? Hello. Me? I'm sorry. Yeah, I, yeah I, did you I hear? I can hear you. Yeah. I can hear. Go ahead. I can barely you. You're breaking in and out, cutting, cutting in and out on me, ma'am. My name is Audrey Spanko. I'm the Democrat running for Texas State Senate. Okay. I, I like like I like to shake your hand, meet with you in person. Um, that's how I like <laughs> doing business. Okay. Um, we we need some new leadership. Uh, I love Texas. I love Texas. I've, I've been here for some time now, and, and I love Texas. I've been coming in and out of Texas since 2015 when um, I, Dr. McKellar and I, we went down to Prairie View A&M and we broadcast from the um, off-campus um, location when um, Sandra Nett Bland was um, arrested and she walked in, but they carried her out. So Dr. McKellar has been on my radio station for some like five years now. And um, Pam, we, we need some, we, we, Texas is beautiful. But I'm just going to put this out to everyone, and you can check this statistic out. In a 10-year time period, 700 people per year have been incarcerated in in Texas. Okay? Go look that number up. Okay? Look that up for me, please. And, ma'am, I'm a United States Army veteran. Okay? I served this country proudly. I've been to war for this country. Okay? Right now, ma'am, I'm upset with what's going on at Fort Hood, Texas. Mm-hmm. They've had 29 non-combat-related deaths there. These young men and women 
they're, they're not dying on the battlefield. They're dying on U.S. soil. Yes. Okay. And right now I'm in tears about what happened to Vanessa Gideon. I met with her mother. I talked with her mom for over an hour. Right now this is cooking my grits. Yes, understandably. Thank you for your service, and we need to step up for our veterans. Whenever they have made a pledge, and we promised to take care of them when they stepped up for our for our nation, and it is devastating, absolutely devastating, how um, our state and our nation have neglected veterans across Texas and specifically there in Fort Hood. Yes. Now, I'm just going to say this, and no harm intended. I've, I've met a lot of people that run. They make a lot of promises. Mm-hmm. They shake. They shake my hand. I take pictures with them. And when once they get in office, I just had a conversation about this today. I don't see them anymore. Right. Okay. I. I, I please don't be one of those. Right I, now. Yes, right I, now. Please, please don't be one of those, ma'am. Please. I would agree with you. I would agree with you. I I would love to to promise you that I would be different and I would be one of only two social workers serving in the the state um, at the state level. And I I think when you elect a social worker, you elect somebody with a, a strong code of ethics, a strong code of social or commitment to social justice and to do right by Texans. And so, yes, I, I both, one of the biggest pieces of being a social worker is you don't make promises that you can't keep. And I, I do promise to continue to serve for East Texas and actually do what's right by, by individuals. I'm going to ask two questions. Number one, what made you decide to run? That's question number one. So the, the biggest piece was I was working at the Department of Family and Protective Services um, whenever the awful maternal mortality data started to come up and we started to see how um, high the rates were for women dying after childbirth, particularly black women and Hispanic women in Texas. And I was very naive in believing that the next legislative session, when presented a solution, our leaders would vote to make sure that we are saving lives and taking care of women and taking care of children in Texas. And our East Texas representatives voted against it, even though Smith County specifically has some of the highest maternal and infant mortality rates in the state of Texas. And when I realized how broken that system is, that, like you said, folks who make promises to take care of people and instead are putting their own special interest or corporate interest in front of people, that's a problem. And I saw a solution and want to be part of that solution to step up for East Texas. Question number two. What are some of the biggest things you'd like to see changed? It's a big question. <laughs> a lot of yes, different answers. Is. But the the very first one is we need to make sure that we are actually providing health insurance and health coverage and health services to individuals across the state. Like I said, part of my motivation was to to try and reduce the maternal mortality rate and actually expand coverage after delivery for new moms so that um, individuals can can live to raise their children. 
And so we need to make sure that we are actually providing health coverage. And for the last decade, Texas has had the opportunity to expand Medicaid through the ACA, would bring health insurance to 2.2 million Texans if we accepted those dollars. And that's number one is everyone deserves the right to be healthy and to access a doctor. And we need to do everything we can. It's an easy solution to bring dollars into Texas and to bring coverage into Texas. And then we need to be making sure that we're electing folks who want everyone to vote so that we can keep getting more officials in who are going to work for Texans. And so um, doing everything, I would love to do everything I could to make sure that it is easier for eligible voters to get to the polls and to make their voices heard. So I would love to make Texas an, yeah, yeah, lots of, lots of things to, to, to expand voting rights. And, and and Dr. McKellar does a show every Wednesday, perhaps before, you know, uh, November 3rd. She can get you on her Wednesday show on, on our radio station, okay? Absolutely. Yes, that would be wonderful. Absolutely. Okay. And just, just to tell you about Mr. Walker's uh, network, it's WDLRO, Baltimore, Maryland, is where it comes out came out of. And uh, he loved us so here in Texas, so he's in and out uh, of Texas. It's a long time with us that uh, – but he was uh, broadcast out of Baltimore, Maryland, and he does amazing work. He's very interested in the uh, criminal justice system and the uh, criminal reform because we we've been to so many we've been to so many places, uh, universities, uh, Miss Audra, and we saw people sitting on the stage uh, that had served years and years, and they look like me and him. Uh, we actually the last time we went to uh, one at University of Texas there in Arlington, there was. 30 people on that stage. Joyceanne Brown was one, and everybody knows, remembers Joyceanne Brown. She was the first black woman to be accused of murdering uh, a, a couple of the referrers there in, uh, in Dallas, Texas. And she went to drop off her car at the Cadillac place and then returned back to work. And somebody by the name of Joyce Brown murdered this couple. And so yeah. her, her employment, where well, her employment said, there's no way she was only gone for about 20. There's no way that she could have done all those things. But the, but the criminal justice system here in Texas totally ignored what her employers had to say, how quickly she went down the street, dropped her vehicle off, and then came back. She actually walked back uh, to her place of employment. She actually went to prison before they were paying people. And so she struggled uh, to write books and things to try to uh, – to uh, feed her family and all of that, because even though she was innocent, she was unable to really find a job. And then it, so m- mentally it was just overwhelming for her. She spent uh, almost 10 years in prison. And so then, but, but to back up to tell you about the 30 people, there were 28 African-American men, Miss Joyce Ann Brown, African-American female, and then one male who was Caucasian and Asian mixed. And so a total, they spent a total of almost 500 years when you total all of their time that they spent in prison for crimes wow. they did not commit. And the only persons who actually were actually paid for their time was, uh, was the 29 men, and she, she was not. So we've seen too much of this, and that's why I wanted uh, Mr. Walker to bring out what was happening with the young man who actually has a special need. And uh, so we have to stand up uh, for these people mm-hmm. and the voices mm-hmm. that cannot stand for themselves. And that's why I appreciate 
uh, where you're coming from with your uh, your campaign and the uh, compassion that you have. That's uh, and it, it's obvious that you have that compassion and that concern for um, for your community and your country. Mr. Yeah, Arthur, do you thanks. have do you have a question for yeah. Ms. Audrey? Well, actually, I want to say something to. Well, actually, I want to say something to Brother Walker. I want to say something to Brother Walker because, you know, like, first of all, I appreciate a brother like you coming from. Where are you from? Where are you from, Brother Walker? Can you hear me? Yes, sir, I can hear you. Originally, (laughs) originally I'm from Detroit, Michigan. Originally. Well, actually, okay. I'm from a little town called Inkster, Michigan, which, which is right outside of Detroit. Um, okay, okay, okay. Right, well, I'm, right. just in, I'm just in Detroit last year. I didn't Go know ahead, sir. Anyway, but I appreciate, appreciate, brother, like you coming down uh, in the state and then you know start uh, you know actually working. You know, a lot of, you know uh, you know for a lot of time, brothers come other places and all they do is complain. But you know, I appreciate, brother, like you coming down and and actually you know getting in and trying Hello? to help people. I, I, can you hear me I, coming in from out from outside next coming in text and actually working because we appreciate that uh now and then all that question i would ask you uh you know can you say y'all yet <laughs> yeah i i, I, I say y'all all the time what's happening y'all what's happening y'all I'm a Texan and I and I do not use that word y'all. I say you all. <laughs> because yeah, but my mother my mother was a stickler for for correct English. I'm, I want to tell you, and so uh, she would she would tell us, and I'll tell you this quickly, and then I'll give it back to you, Mr. Arthur. She would tell us mm. it is not dough, it's door. It's not flow, it's floor. And so <laughs> you need to sound for correct. That's what you would tell. Yeah, hey, 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 Sharp. She's such a smart young lady, and I know that she will do amazing work. And back to what Mr. Dunny Walker said, I know that this young lady will do what what her promises are. She will fulfill those promises. I guarantee awesome. that. Be- awesome, because that that's needed across the board now, ladies and gentlemen. We this we this country that both Dr. McKellar and I serve. We're in a state of and, emergency. And, and Mr. Arthur. And Mr. Arthur. Okay, Mr. Arthur. Yeah, he's a little confused. Okay, he's a little confused sometimes. Okay, and thank you for your service. And if it wasn't for the Air Force in 1991 when I went to Desert Storm, it'd be a different ball game. So thank you for the service, your service, and thank you, Air Force. Oh yeah. Okay. (laughs) Hey, we wouldn't be able to make it across that big pond if it had not been for the Air Force, right? We, so we wouldn't have been, and we wouldn't have been able to hit the ground running when we, when we started in, in Iraq. That's right. Yes. Um, well, you know, that's always a team you know, thing. That's what we're we, doing we, now. We're going to have to come together as, as people, Miss um, Audrey. And, and this is, you know, we're, 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 we're all one people. We're, we're all God's children. Um, I've seen so much division of people and, and races in the past. Uh 
I guess three years, and it's 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 just bubbling over right now. Okay, and we we got to bring this to we 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 got to get this train back on the track, ma'am. We have to get the train back on the track. I agree. I, um, I've, I've been over to Tyler, Texas, many times. It's beautiful. Texas is beautiful. We we we've got to start working together as one people. You know, see, I'm a member of the human race. See, I'm a member of the human race. Okay, that that's how that's how I'm that's how I'm going to go out of here being a member of the human race. And what I'm saying right. right now, I haven't been on so I, I, I Facebook. I, I just have to stay away from Facebook. They went crazy on Facebook, and I'm sorry. I'm seeing people arguing back and forth, black and white. My head is spinning right now. <laughs> it's spinning. Um. You, you, so, I, I haven't so, met you guys. Oh, no, that, what, that, pardon me. Well, what can we do? What can we do? Uh, because I think you're talking about race and racism now. So, what can we do, and what can Miss Audra do? And I'm going to have another question for Miss Audra from from my friend uh, that asked the other question. Uh, but what can we as individuals? What can Miss Audra do as a Caucasian woman? What do you? What would you like to see her do as far as helping to rid? A racism because it's, well, let's face it. Uh, I would I I would be remiss if I sat here in my seat and thought that racism does not still exist. We know that it still exists. Uh, this is not like. This is what I. Go ahead. Okay. This is very quickly. This is what I would like to see happen. I like to see okay. when COVID is over. I don't know when it's going to end or before it ends. How we put this? We need to sit down and have an open conversation, open dialogue about black and white, okay? This is not new, okay? The only thing new now, they have cameras with phones, or phones with cameras on them now. This isn't new. It was never addressed properly, okay? Mm-hmm. It was never, I, 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 I don't have to watch it, remember the Titans. I integrated one of the first all-white high schools in Michigan, Taylor Center High School, in the 70s. Good day. We have to have open dialogue about this. We we never had open dialogue. We sweep it under the carpet. Now we have a we have a, a, a Mount Mount Everest. We have to talk about it. We have to get it on the table. That's what so I like to see Miss Audrey do. Go ahead. Right, but let me just say this part. We. We've had these discussions. I think that you've been a part of some of these discussions. Uh, and then we, I think when we walk away from the discussions, a lot of people say, I don't, I don't see any real change. Yeah, we dialogued and we sat down and we've been, and, and you know this, that we've invited the district attorney, we've invited the sheriff, and we've invited the chief of policemen, and we've invited other uh, civic and social people in the community, other advocates. Uh, for social justice, and we sat down at the big table, and we sat down at Liberty Baptist Church, and we sat down at University of Texas at Tyler, and I've moderated these things, and and but by the same token, they still something seems like they have not really changed in in most people's eyesight. Miss Audrey, you want to address that quickly, and then I'll ask you uh, the other question for my friend. Go ahead. 
I think that's a valid point. Um, one of the things that I do for work is we provide cultural competency training, which unfortunately might still be on hold now since our president has decided that making sure that we have culturally sensitive um, trainings and cultural competency trainings and employment is um, not necessary. Um, I have these conversations a lot, and that's a big question that a lot of people at the end of training want to know is how do we actually make the change happen now? How do we implement this change? And I think that a part of it is still going to always be that dialogue and having conversations with folks who um, have never, you know, had experiences or um, training to understand and unfortunately have somehow been taught to um, look at each other with our differences and to um, hate in most in some cases and making sure that um, we actually are having those conversations. But then we actually need to look at practice and we need to see um, what policies are in place that are impacting people of color. Like I said, we've got these awful um, astronomical rates of maternal mortality and infant mortality um, disproportionately impacting black women and Hispanic women. What is, what's going on in those policies that are actually impacting that? Um, how are we training doctors to serve um, individuals of different races? How are we working with our staff and making sure that they understand um, health differences and um, addressing those needs? This conversation has is, is got to just keep going because it leads to um, training and comprehension and education and hopefully change. And then we, we actually have to force those changes to happen in a lot of the systems um, where we have different hiring practices for police officers and we have different trainings and courses and education for our physicians. There's a lot that we can do um, if we elect people who are willing to have those conversations. Hey, uh, sure, uh, sure. Cut off a friendly reminder, you know, to everybody. Sure. Uh, and a friendly reminder is, uh, we're in a movement period. Okay. We got mm-hmm. a change moment. Stuff is changing. So yeah, you're right. It, it looked like up is down and down is up, but you got to stay focused on what it's going to be when all this is over. Uh, and I just want to remind people that uh, the last two movements lasted 14 years. We're in the eighth year of this one. If it, if it lasts long as the other ones. So basically, you know, what you're seeing is an opportunity to change some of the stuff you're talking about. Just like, you know, like you, Jack Brother Walker, you know, you're coming down and helping, helping folks. Hey, that's what it's about. So just stay focused on that. You know, don't get discouraged mm-hmm. by the confusion because, uh, you know, that's just a distraction. And so you'll be, you know, just stay focused on what you're supposed to do. Understand that stuff is changing. We're in a change moment. And uh, when it locked down, it's going to be that way for the next 50 years. So uh, however you think you're going to see the world, you need to start acting like it, walking like it, uh, working toward it, or whatever you want to call it. And uh, and then just be whatever it is you think America ought to be. Right. Right. Okay. We can talk more. We can spend a lot of time on that. That's a conversation I, I think is, is unending. Like like Mr. Walker said, we still need to we still need to have conversations uh, about this uh, this type of thing because it's not. It took. It happened for years and years and years. So therefore, mm-hmm, yeah, it's yeah. not going to be a short period of time for us to eradicate mm-hmm. uh, that issue uh, because. Because of the fact that it, it, it happens so long, and then which is going to tra- which is going to transcend me into the question that my friend Bob, the second question that he had to you, and he said, this is what he said: uh, the last statement, excuse me, the last statewide election, he asked three Supreme Court candidates, 
what law is on page one of the entity of the U.S. law. And then he says the first sentence of page one includes laws. That's uh, uh, nature's law that we're talking about, and obviously we're talking about uh, God's law. And and um, so he says, what does the law of nature's God refer to? And he says the hint is B. It begins with the first uh, letter begins with the B of the answer to this. But keeping in mind, uh, keeping in mind that uh, Jefferson, let's go go back to Jefferson. Jefferson, uh, uh, when he was talking about all people, uh, he was arguing about all people. These all people that he was talking about were not because remember, the Constitution was written when when black people were considered uh, a three fourths three fifths of a human being. So these all people that he's talking about are all white males. They're not talking about black males, black females. They're not even, we're not even talking about white females or Caucasians. I don't call white. I, I say what it actually, I call things what it really is. And so, so Caucasian females. But also keep in mind when you're getting ready to answer that, uh, Ms. Ordre, I immediately think about, anytime I think about the Constitution, I think about the fact that God granted all of us the same thing, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and that's all I ever wanted. Don't stand in the way of me pursuing my dreams and what I want to accomplish, because my parents used to tell us, if, 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 if there's a door there, open it and walk in. If there's not a door, make your door, or go to the window. If there's not a window, then make your door or a window. But just all this thing, all they were saying to us when we were growing up is that that find an opportunity. Just make sure that nobody stands in your way. And that's all they wanted was no one to stand in the way of their children to accomplish the things that they wanted to accomplish. That's what I have to say about that. But, Ms. Audra, uh, go ahead and give us whatever it is that you have to say in regards to the nature's God, God's nature of law, laws of nature, if anything. Um. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so is that question clear? It's, it's, I, maybe I understand the question. <laughs> um, and my, my interpretation of, let's see if I, if I get this right, uh, my interpretation of what I understand is um, that we, like you said, we are all given the, the, the constitutional right and the God-given rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And I think a big piece of that is our behaviors and the way that we interpret that and the way that our lives impact one another and how our decisions and behaviors impact those around us and um, protecting rights in a way that um, my rights can't infringe on your rights and my liberties don't infringe on your liberties and that we're taking care of one another and we're stepping up um, for each other so that we can each have access to, to those those rights um, and I think that like you said whenever some of us you know have have folks who have helped us understand you know create that door do what we have to do to step ourselves up and then for those who didn't get that message or didn't have folks leading that way for them then we can step up for them and our behaviors can really That's help right. each other and, and elevate each other that's right very good does anybody have any comments on uh, in regards to to that uh, Mr. Donnie Walker, if you, uh, because you've had lots of, and we talk, we talk about this a lot, all of the various and sundry opportunities that we had, even in the military, even in the civilian world, uh, but, uh, but we didn't allow anybody to stop us. And not only that, I tell you, our parents, my parents used to say, uh, they never told us 
a difference in complexions and colors. We, I, I didn't hear that, and I didn't see it until I went to Tyler Junior College. Uh, and, and, and my friend Bob says, good answer, uh, Miss Audra, <laughs> good answer. And, and I knew you could handle that. But, um, but that's when I first, I first saw a difference. Otherwise, my parents didn't teach us that difference. I learned it out there in the, in the world. So, Mr. Donnie, if you have any comments in regard to, uh, to this conversation that we're having, because this is, you kind of segued us into, into this discussion, and then we'll see if Mr. Arthur has any comments in regards to that. Thank you both for those questions. Mr. Walker? Mr. Arthur? Did I lose everybody? No, you kind of. You, I'm I'm catching every other word. So it's it's breaking okay. up um, bad. I must have been a bad. And it's, and it's my it's my yeah it's it's my telephone. I, you know, let me share with you. This is a fifteen hundred dollars smartphone that's not worth a quarter, and I've okay. only had it for about nine ten months. But go ahead. I'm so sorry. Go ahead, Mr. Walker. Either one, Mr. Arthur, Mr. Donnie, either one. Any comments in regards to this subject? Mr. Arthur? Well, I know you're there. <laughs> I, I'm here, but I, I, um, I'm, I'm really catching every other word of, of what you're saying. So I, I'm no, going to have to turn no, it over. Okay, can you hear me now? Yes, I think you are on mute. That's why, yes. I'm just saying if you have any comments in regards to this conversation that we're having right now. No, no. Look, I just want. I want to say. So you know, when you talking about that, uh, about about you know, when you was growing up, you know, everybody saw that bleach in them stores, and so even if you, even even if you, even if I, I folks shielded us from it as much as they could, but you know, we saw it because you know, we because I remember uh, my aunt and them when we come back from the summer, and then they'd be talking about their different classmates. Ooh, we she bleached, didn't she? You know, it was a thing. So I'm just saying, you know, so it was, it, you know, it was there. Uh-huh. You know, they couldn't protect us from that. Oh, I, I, I missed that. What do you mean? You mean? No, I'm, just, sure about this. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, like, you know, you were saying how your folks have protected you from, you know, from those oh. types of color things. Sure. And I was just saying that, sure. you know, I mean, you know, even though they did that, you know, they still couldn't protect you from it because there was, you know, it was selling that's bleach right. in the stores and it was in yeah. our culture. So that's all I was saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and some people would say uh, that, that probably was, um, was not a good thing that, that they should have kind of prepared us. But here's, here's what they really prepared us for is that, uh, that we were strong uh, students, right. we were strong individuals and that, and then they also said, if, if whatever happens out there to you, you come back and let us know. And so that we can help you take care of whatever issues that you're running into out there. And when I got ready to go to Tyler Junior College, my, my mother said that, listen, you're a good student. You know how to study. You know how to learn. Uh, you go find out what that professor wants to teach you. And you come home and you study it and you learn it and you'll be fine. And, mm. and, and and but but it didn't always happen that way for the simple reason that then I found out later on everybody knows this story but when I found out later on that I was it was myself and one other African American student uh, that was studying nursing and so when 
when we found out that we were given exams with 100 questions and my Caucasian uh, colleagues, uh, students, were given exams with 50 questions, we were set up for failure. And mm. so that part I wasn't prepared for. However, but because my parents told me who I was before I went to Tyler Junior College, then I was able mm-hmm. to deal with that. Right. So I was not upset at all with my parents that they didn't. As a matter of fact, I was pretty happy that I that they didn't teach me about racism. That I kind of well, we're powerful people. No, no, no. We were no, we weren't. No, nobody taught us racism either. I didn't find out about all that. That's till I got grown. I mean, I saw yeah. it on TV, but I didn't internalize it. And then I right, grew up in go. it, so I kind of felt it, you know. But, uh, you know, but no, they never said, hey, you know, don't like white Charlie or nobody like that. You know, right. You know, I never heard that kind right. of talk. Right. Okay. Okay. So, Ms. Ardra, back to you then. So now that, that we see some of the things that are happening within the criminal justice system, I live here in Smith County, and I, I have a stack of letters uh, right now uh, in my file of, uh, of people writing to me from the jail saying these are the things that are happening to me. Uh, and, and I say, you know, look, first of all, yes, I'm, I'm an advocate uh, and, and I'm, I will be working out there with my boots on the ground to make sure that justice prevails, but I'm not an attorney. And so, so we have to turn your material over to attorney. I, I'm not elected mm-hmm. on the level where uh, where I can fight right. this kind of thing, but Miss Audrey, you will be. So tell me some of the things that you see that you're going to try to implement uh, when you get down to Austin. Yes, I was actually having a conversation with um, an individual here in um, Cass County, I believe it was, just a few days ago, and she was telling me about her son and. Um, he was having some health concerns without getting anything addressed um, in one of the local jails and how she had reached out without any um, update or no one was ever able to answer her questions or get him the health care that he needed. And all I kept thinking was, wait a minute, he's in jail, which means he hasn't actually been charged with anything, which it's just the system is so broken that we are confining people um, just because they can't afford bail, just because they can't take care of themselves. Granted, no matter the circumstances, everyone is still a human and we should still be treating everyone with dignity and respect. And if you are confined or not confined, you should still have access to health care. You should still be um, living in conditions that are livable, that you should still have air conditioning, that you should still be taken care of, that you shouldn't be left to be untreated or uncared for and die in a prison cell or a jail cell, there's so much that we need to do to change. But one of the biggest pieces that I think that um, we need to focus on is making sure that we aren't confining people for their lack of ability to pay um, for bail or to cover a ticket or a fine. Um, And we're actually working on a system that will help take care of one another, rehabilitate one another, um, address the needs that we see that often lead to potential criminal offenses or just charges, um, and we're actually taking care of each other. Um, And the whole system, I think, needs to be totally reformed, and we need to be putting the focus back again on people and not potentially private prisons or systems and or, you know, just devaluing one another. Um, And that list has to go on and on. Mm-hmm. I have a question, Ms. Archer. Yes. 
Uh, Miss Roger, yeah, Miss Roger, look here. The biggest, and I'm going to be working on that, uh, you know, here in Dallas. But the big, okay, the bail, the, the bail system. You're absolutely correct, and we, you know, and that's and that's that's one piece. But the but the uh, a court appointed attorney system. That's mm-hmm. where that's where we get tripped into the penitentiary. Right. Okay, that's where the trickeration go down, and that's and, and that's what we need to focus on. We need to focus on. Uh, uh, financing public defenders, uh, and mm-hmm. take, because the way it's set up now, the way it's set up now, the judge decides how much money. You know what I mean? That type of thing. Right. That's crazy. Right. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yes. That should be a yes. that should be a publicly funded, independent, uh, a funding stream where you get a, a because the way it's set up now, you know, uh, you know, if you in with the judge, then you know you get plenty of cases. If you ain't in with the judge. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because they just roll yeah. through. And so, uh, you know, what I tell people is this: you know, once we once we get into it, I'm tell people to, uh, you know, I don't care what it is, just you know, don't plead, no plead innocent, and make them take you to court. And if yeah. they did that, yeah. and if they did that, it'd be about ten years before you get to court. Yeah. Now, and now I'm so glad because that was my next thing right there. What Mr. Donnie, excuse me, uh, Mr. Arthur just brought up. Uh, Miss Audra, and that is that plea bargaining uh, uh, crap. And I'm sorry, right? That language, but but here people end up with years and years and years in prison because here's what they do: they play on the sympathy of mothers and 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 telling mothers you need to convince your son to take this plea mm-hmm. bargain because if you don't yeah. he's going to get 99 years in pr- yeah, right here in yeah, Smith yeah. County yeah. right here in Smith County and all across this nation but I live in Smith County and so we were we were with the district attorney on Monday last mm-hmm. month, a week ago today and and the mom broke down she says my son was innocent but because this public Defendant, or uh, right. I should say, appointed uh, appointed attorney, came and told her, "You need to tell your son he better t- plea bargain because if he doesn't, he's going to spend ninety nine years. He'll never see yeah. the light yeah, of day." You know, right? That's wrong. Yeah, that's wrong. It's that's wrong. wrong. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And that's what needs to be focused yes. on. And that's what I'm hoping that you will focus on. You know, should you get down there, that's where dirty deals being done. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we, 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 you know, the the bail system. Everybody's kind of on that now, so we're going to keep breaking that. So that's already being worked, but that public right. defender system that ain't being worked at all. That's, that's right. where some attention right. needs to go, because I get called right. all the time as NWCP or where that same situation, and I tell them, I said, well, you know what? Because I ain't, got, I'm not an attorney, like exactly. Say, so I just tell them, I said, well, look, whatever you do, don't sign nothing, and don't plead right. guilty. Make them take you to court and prove it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. and, and so you know, and, 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 and had a public because the public defender that they have, you know, they because you know, you know, they know they're being set up by the public defender because they're putting that pressure thing on them. You know, just like exactly. you're saying, you know, they say, hey, look, you know, if you don't take this deal, then you know we're gonna, you know, you gonna, you know, you live to get this deal. Yeah, but I didn't do it. Yeah, but and see, and, and that's just wrong. If you didn't do it, and, right. and see the folks, they're not, they, they, they're not, you know, being under pressure, can't get the bail. But they can't talk mm-hmm. about it, so they don't. You know, they don't know that if they just go ahead and make them play it out, uh, then at some point they're gonna make a financial decision that it ain't worth it or whatever, and, right. and uh, you know, and all of a sudden you out. See, so that's what they need. And, to and, they, and these people, these well, these people are trying to make their records 
look good uh, by getting convictions so that they can mm-hmm. run for the next level, whatever they're going to run All for. That. You know, what could be district attorney, whatever they're going to run for, you know. But it, it looks good on their records. It looks bad to me because then you have these people who you know did not, the, the, the facts are not there. And so how are you going to convict somebody and the facts are not really there? And then not only that, the other thing that we're having, Ms. Audra, in my county is that people, as Mr. Arthur mentioned, have not been convicted of any crime, but they're paying. They are paying uh, fees mm-hmm. every single week. They have to go get tested, urine tested, and then they pay these fees. It's a money-making yeah, fee yeah, just a, is yeah, what it is. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Here's, you know, something that, here's, here's something that I would like to add very quickly on um, what Mr. Okay. Arthur just said, and um, Dr. McKellar, you can attest to this. Um, as w- when it comes to wrongfully convicted, and Mr. Arthur mentioned something that's so important about taking the plea bargain, there's something else that we're missing here as well. Every time that there's a death, or someone wrongfully incarcerated, when they go to do the investigation, you have, as I'm going to quote, the rats investigating the cheese factory. Yeah. There has to be some type of outside agencies, independent investigation teams to go in and oversee these investigations. It's not working. It's just not well, we working. Got a system, we got a system review council here in uh, Dallas. So that's one form that you can have. Uh, we're fighting about power right now, though. But, yeah, but at least we have it in place. We're fighting about power. Mm-hmm. Very good. Just... And, and, that, and that's a great, that's, that is a great point. A great point because, and I like the, Mr. Donnie makes it very clear the way he outlines it, the phrase that he uses to let you know that, that, I can't investigate myself, in other words, because right. I'm not going to convict myself, right? So never. We need an outside. Never. Never am I going to convict myself. So let's let's look at the, your three top things, Ms. Audra, and, that I, and I know that you've been out there working all day, and so we're not going to keep – our time is almost up. Believe it or not, it's almost 937. But if you could share with us the three top things that you'd like to work on that, you know, any, anybody that's campaigning, they normally have three things that, that is really their strong platform that even though you're interested in all of these things that's happening uh, to people from economy to health care to in every direction, uh, and, and we, we appreciate our, our justice that we just lost, uh, Chief uh, Justice Ginsburg, uh, who uh, I tell the story how excited I was to meet her at the Pentagon in the hallway. Uh, but, wow. uh, but she worked on so many, yeah, she worked on so many things, the Lily Led Better Act for equal pay, uh, women receiving equal pay for equal work. All of those things are very, very important. But tell us your three top things that you'd like to see uh, happen once you become elected. Yeah, so you, our that, three that's your platform. Are, Go ahead. Definitely. So our three are healthcare. My three are health care, public education, and voting rights and reform and making sure. And this is it constantly feels like a, a chicken before the egg or the egg before the chicken, <laughs> where we need to be making sure that we are actually providing 
health care so that individuals are healthy enough to um, take care of themselves and to go to the polls and to have an education. But then we also need to make sure that individuals are educated and that they can go to the polls and make those decisions and they can um, elect individuals and fight for everything that we need and to work towards a more just and wonderful society and community. And then we need to make sure that people have access to voting and so that they can elect people who are going to fight for all of the other rights. And so um, I think that they interchangeably, one day seems like one is a little bit more important than the other, but they are so important um, to the foundation of our communities and that we are actually stepping up and taking care of each other. Everyone should have access to making sure that they are healthy, access to a doctor, making sure their children can access a doctor and have preventative care and treatment and they don't have to drive 30 miles in an ambulance when they're having a heart attack because there's not a doctor's office or a hospital in yeah. their county or their community. We need to be making sure that kids have um, access to a good education and that we're paying teachers well so that we can recruit the best workforce to educate our young kids and also, you know, through secondary education. And we need to be making sure that individuals don't have to fight so hard to get registered to vote and don't have to fight so hard to actually be able to show up and vote. We need more polling places. We need folks to be registered automatically and it to be an opt-out state. We need to step up and make sure that we are actually creating a system that works for everyone. And I think we do that by changing how and when people can get out and vote because if everyone votes, um, everything changes. Very good. So we know that the uh, Constitution, actually the focus of the Constitution was actually on public education. And so we know that the big thing now is vouchers. And so mm-hmm. what, are your, what, what are your feelings in regards to that? And when Nothing against pr- uh, uh, private schools, nothing against uh, the other, other school. Uh, I can't think of what they call themselves now. I, I a charter. Drawn mm-hmm. a blank. Yeah, char- there you go, a charter school, and so nothing against any of those, but we know that the Constitution focused on public schools. So feelings in regards to, um, to vouchers uh, being passed over to the charter schools and even uh, the, uh, speaking about the uh, private schools. What are your thoughts? Yes. That's so what I, if alleged, I will fight against making sure that any of our tax dollars go to charter or pri- private schools. I can understand every parent wanting the best for their child and being sold on a charter school or a public school. And that's their decision if they want to do that. But we cannot put public dollars into schools that will discriminate or prevent every single student from Texas, in Texas accessing those schools. So a charter school typically does not have a, a school board elected by the community. It has a um, school board appointed by the CEO of the school rather than having that public input. Um, They often have applications and whether or not there are um, restrictions on what the application is, there are still restrictions on the number of students who can be accepted. And so they're just limiting. And I believe, as you said, it's in our constitution to have a public school and we need to be making sure that everyone has access to a good education. And if we're taking dollars away from the only option for everyone, we're pulling dollars away from making sure that we make um, education or public education equitable and available to everyone. So I, I do not support putting tax dollars into private or charter schools or to even the, the school voucher system. 
Excellent. Okay, my final question, and then I'm going to turn you loose. Maybe the guys may have a, a couple of final questions or maybe one. But uh, we know that uh, 13 October uh, begins early voting. Uh, we know that last week 8,000 um, uh, mail ballots were mailed out in Smith County. Uh, we know we're in a COVID uh, uh, pandemic, and people are a little. Some people are a little reluctant about their mail-in ballots, mailing them back in, so forth and so on. So, uh, are you? And then, and then a lot of people are saying they're they they feel there's going to be voter suppression and all of that. Can you dialogue a little bit? on some of the things that your, your campaign is going to be working toward doing uh, on the day starting uh, 13 October and how we're encouraging pushing people to not wait even until that election day. We know there's going to be a lot of long lines and things. So what are some of the things that you see some tips that perhaps you can give us as citizens that we can do on those days uh, out there, aside from, of course, being very careful uh, because of the COVID-19, but anything that you want to share with us in regards to election time? Yes, most definitely wear your mask to the polls. Um, understandable if you don't want to put your mail-in ballot into the post office or you don't want to put it in a mailbox. Um, and so there's new, new restrictions that are going to vary differently per county about where you can walk your ballots in. Um, the last restriction coming from our governor was that there would only be one drop off location for dropping off your mail-in ballots. Um, and I want to say it's right there at the elections office in Smith County, but uh, don't quote me on it because we're going to each have to look up specifically for each That's county where you can drop those off in person or right. make a phone right. call and have them pick it up at your, at your car. So um, know right. that if you don't want to put it in the ballot, there is an option. It's very limited, but there is an option. And then also right. if you um, are planning to vote, vote early but go ahead and pencil in two or three different times on your calendar. So look over your calendar for the next three weeks and pick at least three times that you know you'll go. So if you get there and there's too many people in line and it doesn't work out on Tuesday the 13th, then you know that you've got a plan and the time to go on the 17th or the next week. Um, and so that you've already got those times penciled in and ready to go, blocked out, you know where you'll be and how to get there. And then, you know, other circumstances that could come up that on COVID related, if you don't want to get out in the rain and we end up having a rainy day, you've got a second day to do that. So what our campaign is, is doing is really encouraging folks to do the early voting um, and get out and vote early. And so that you've got plenty of options. If one day doesn't turn out to be the day that you want to go and stand in the line, you've got other days available to you. And then reminding folks to to get out, to, you know, to go and make that plan and to show up and bring somebody with you because every vote is going to be so critical this election. Yes, absolutely. And just know this as well that we are here and the Democratic Club and party here that we will be out there with waters and snacks and drinks and things that we can pass out to awesome. people who are in line uh, so that uh, – so that they can stand in line and be comfortable. And, and some people are saying, I'm going to bring my lawn chair and whatever the case may be, because <laughs> obviously we know we have to social distance. So you can actually sit in your lawn chair uh, and, uh, and relax. And then people who, because there's so many names up and down that ballot uh, that people should know that they can carry their little slip of paper where they've checked off and so forth. And then why don't you mention uh, filling out their, um, their ballots by mail 
and then they're going to drop them in the mail. But they have to understand that once they drop that in the mail, they have already voted, and so they can't go and get in line uh, and vote again And because this is what they've heard on television. And so, right. so can you dialogue on that just a little tiny bit so that we make sure that people don't get themselves into any trouble? By yes, so that's, that's definitely a big reminder is you only, yeah, we only get that one vote. So if you vote in mail by the mail and you put it in, that's it. And it'll get counted and it'll go through um, and that's your vote. If you decide, though, that you have a ballot that comes to you in the mail and you've decided you want to go vote in person, you have to have yeah. that mail-in ballot with you in person to turn it in. Even if it's Great. blank, you just turn it in and then you can vote in person. And then you've got, like I mentioned earlier, that option to fill it out and instead of putting it in the mail, taking it to the elections office and submitting your vote that way. But um, either you put it in the mail with all your your voting response you go walk it in in person or you don't fill out the mail-in ballot and you go vote in person at the box um and so that's how we've got three different ways to get the vote in but you only get the one vote (laughs) there you go very good and if you don't get to tell them that uh there's only one drop box per county per county and that's what she was right. talking about early on. Yeah. And the location, we'll have to find out exactly. I'm, not, I'm pretty sure that our location will be at the hub, but I'm not totally sure on that. But we'll find out. And next time we'll, we'll let people know that are in Smith County exactly where uh, that box, box is located. It's been amazing having you. you on. Exactly. Very good. Take a picture of it. But 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 the main thing that you're telling us is to make a plan. Have a plan uh, for voting. And, uh, and be sure to, to get out there to vote because your life yes. depends upon it. This is probably one of the most yes. important, if not the most important election that we've ever seen. A lot of things hinge on it. I, I'm, I said I, that was going to be my last question, but I, this for real is going to be my last question, uh, uh, my <laughs> last comment to you, and then you, and I'm going to let you go so you can get rest. But, uh, but we know that Mary Trump, uh, has been out uh, talking today after uh, uh, President Trump left uh, Walter Reed and then he went to the uh, White House, back to the White House. But before he did that, we know he rode in the vehicle out there with um, with uh, Secret Service people in the vehicle with them. And I got two military men on this line, and, 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 and I, I can tell you unequivocally what I said to my military colleagues is that if I had been that Secret Service person, I would have just said, uh, sir, with all due respect, here, here are the keys. I'm going to let you drive. Exactly. I'm going to get out. Exactly. I'm going to stay outside. I'm not going to ride in the car with somebody that I know that's been tested positive uh, for COVID-19. Nah. Because we know, we know now Chris Christie is in the hospital. We know, we know a lot of people out of the White House, uh, to include uh, Kellyanne Conway, <laughs> a couple of senators. We know plenty of people that have been infected. We also know that Herman Cain was in Oklahoma, and uh, what, a couple of weeks or so later, he was out of here gone. Sadly, 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 uh, he lost his life. And so COVID-19 is a serious thing. And people say, Mm -hmm. people say, uh, you're taking my civil liberty away from me. Uh, But, but, but they'll, they may have on a, um, helmet. uh, they put on a seatbelt for the safety and security uh, of themselves and others keep them in a car rather than throwing them out if they have an accident. All of those things were laws that were passed. Why do you think that it's so difficult for people to accept 
of wearing a mask yes. now. I'm a medical person. You know that. You work in, in the medical profession. But I spend my life in a mask yes. and gloves and gowns. So those are that's 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 part of my uh, tool chest, right? Why do you think that people right. just Civil refuse? Some, some people, some people just don't want to wear that mask. Go ahead. Civil, Civil I, I honestly, yeah. Bottom line. Good. Miss Miss Arthur is answering for you, but but I want to hear from you, Miss <laughs> <Ms>. Audra. <laughs> Got carried away for a minute. Go, go, go ahead, Ms. Alder, quickly, so we can. I mean, honestly, I, I yeah, I, I don't know if I have a better answer because <laughs> it's 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 hard to tell why anybody would um, and take care of themselves and others and to stand up for each other. And it's they'll come up with any excuse possible. And I honestly, I I don't I don't know. I can't I can't figure out why we would not step up for each other and take care of. What we need to do, like you said, there are other laws that are already in place that protect you, and it's not an infringement on anyone's liberties. Right, right. Listen, we thank you so much. Give us your website, and uh, and we're we're supporting you 100%, uh, Miss Audrey, because I think you would make an amazing uh, senator to represent us in this great state of Texas. Any final comments? Thank for you. Me? And farewell for the evening. Thank you for jumping in here and being with us tonight. It's been a great show. Of course. I'm so happy to be on with you for your birthday. Yeah, yeah. Well, gonna... hey, that's, there you go. <laughs> what an amazing birthday. I have so enjoyed myself and my kudos and accolades to the Democratic Club who put on an amazing all day long We've been talking and visiting. We kicked off this morning with that interview uh, with Mike Collier. It's just been a fun day, and I thank all of you guys. Uh, I got I have 50 more uh, messages that I got to send back because I have sent a message back to every single person that sent me a message today. And so I'm going to continue to do that until I can get around to everybody. Thank you so much That's for being here. Your website again. Yes, yes. Oh, hi, Miss Patricia. How are you? Hi. I was, I'm gonna, not going to take long. I just wanted to thank you for the panel tonight. I really enjoyed it. It's been very informing. Um, and I want to wish you a happy birthday and want to thank you for all that you do for the Rose City. Uh, you are you are our Rose, Rose City capital lady, and we just we love you and we appreciate everything that you do. And um yeah. Just want to wish you a happy birthday. Thank you so much, and I enjoyed the panel tonight. It was wonderful. Thank okay. you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And, and Miss Patricia comes from the law enforcement side of the house, and so uh, and I that's probably why, one of the real main reasons that she really enjoyed what was said tonight because yes. I too enjoyed seeing what is in front of us and what Miss Audra plans to do for making the change because it's people that look like me and and a lot of others that are listening to this show tonight that look like us. And so yeah. I think it's people like Miss Audra and people like my friend Bob who will help to make that change because I, I say this and I mean this from the depths and the bottom of my heart that it's gonna take our Caucasian brothers and sisters to help us eradicate a lot of the racism Definitely. that we continue to see mm-hmm. in this country. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Ms. Audra. We're going to let you go. Tell us your website again. Yes, you thank take you. Off. Um, yes, I will put it. It's com. Would love for everybody to visit and then find us on Facebook, too, for more information about our tour and where we're going to be over the next 12 days. Very good. Thank you so much for that. Awesome. Thank, thank you, Ms. Thank you. I appreciate being with 
Thank you. Have a great evening, uh, Ms. Audrey. Go get rest. We have about five minutes left, and so we're getting ready to wrap it up. And, Mr. Dunny, that was great news that you brought to us. Absolutely. For our young fellow, I'm telling you, great news. And we're going to Absolutely. see some changes. We're going, to see, we're going to see some changes in Fort Hood. We're going to see some changes in this great state of Texas. We're going to see some changes in this country because yeah, it takes absolutely. all of us working together as a team to make that change. Mr. Arthur, your final comments for the evening? Who? Who? Mr. Arthur. Oh, oh, oh how are you doing? Uh, um, Rihanna, can I speak to Colin, please? Uh, <laughs> yes. That's it. That, no, really. That's, that's really. <laughs> no, I really enjoyed y'all tonight. Uh, but like I say, yeah, he's great. listening. Hey, yeah, we got like about 30 more days for election day. Uh, hey, you know, this is it. And I'm just leaving with a, with, with a quote from Mae West. It's going to be a bumpy ride. <laughs> I think you're right. It's going to be a bumpy ride. And, and unfortunately, we missed the, uh, I think Biden had a town hall meeting tonight, and we missed that because we were having our own town hall meeting uh, tonight on Marvelous Monday. <laughs> but... Uh, but I think they talked a lot about uh, the stand, what stand down and stand by. Can you tell me what that meant to you? And we're going to do we're going to do around. What is that? What does that mean to you, Mr. Arthur? Stand down and stand by. That mean that mean if I if I lose, I'm going to jail. So I want y'all to stand by because, you know, I might even try to see if I can't start something. Keep me out of jail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. What, what, okay, anybody else want to say what that meant to them? It the people he was talking to knew exactly what it meant. Yeah. What was that, Ms. Rihanna? That was the, the people Ms. he was talking to knew exactly what, what he meant. <laughs> so that was, a, that was a dog whistle? Yeah. That was a cannon. Right. That was a cannon. That's right. Okay. That's past the whistle, huh? Yeah. Okay. All right. And so I, there was a, and I would say and I would say that we cannot underestimate that situation. That that, okay. that, oh, there, no. is, that there are things that can uh as we're nearing the end of the election that can start popping off around, especially in the East Texas area. People will start maybe becoming more aggressive. Uh just like the Trump riders that have been coming through Tyler with the cars and the motorcycles and um um, so I, I'm just I'm, I think that um, we need to take that very seriously. Okay. Yeah, we do. You better. You better. Yeah, I do. They ain't playing. This ain't yeah. no. This ain't no drill, y'all. This is real. This ain't no drill. Yeah, right. No drill. It can't no drill. Okay. Not a drill. Okay. All right. Okay. Well. How about you, Mr. Donnie? I don't know if, you, if you're still with us and you have any final comments. We got It's 9.58. Ms. Rihanna is going to get ready to play our theme song. And as a matter of fact, I forgot to send Ms. Rihanna a, um, an ad. So advertisement will be on next week's show. I'll have that sent in uh, from the Texas uh, Coalition of Black Democrats, uh, one of our large base of voting country. Uh, women are a large base of voters. And so that's why it was so great to have Ms. Audra on, and there's other women who are running because, as you know, women vote 51% in the 
in not only just Texas, but in this country, period. And so, but we have about 20% women elected into offices. And so we need more women. So women bring about a different balance that, that men don't bring. Uh, to the table, and so uh, no, no disrespect to the men or anything, but it's just we're made different, and so therefore that's why we need the men and the women uh, at having a seat at the table so that we can have balance in this country. Listen, it's been amazing. I've enjoyed myself uh, for the evening. Yes. It's been an amazing birthday. Thanks everybody for all the great the the uh, Italian cream cake and the chocolate cake and. Oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. And the uh, Janie's cake, so much cake. Anybody need some cake? I'll send it out to you <laughs> because it cannot right. stay around here. It cannot you stay in this house. <laughs> I hear you, my brother. I hear you. Okay, thank you so much, Miss Rihanna. We'll give it to you. And thanks, guys, for come right back here again next week for Marvelous Monday. Much love to you. Have a great yeah. evening and a great rest of the week. Bye now, Miss Rihanna. It's all yours. Night. One day, when the glory comes, it will be ours.